Welcome to the Clean Truth, where we like to call bullshit on the status quo. What's up? Welcome back to the Clean Truth. I'm Don. I'm your host, Silver Fox. Back. What's happening? This week's ball busting. I don't really have one. I came in unprepared to bust somebody's balls. Usually I got something lined up, and I dropped the ball on this one. But I do have a good... Uh, Good clean truth. So, coach, every day or every week when we do a podcast, we usually do a, a clean truth question. Training, okay. nutrition, business related. We kind of we make an attempt to keep it PG thirteen. Sometimes our immaturity gets a little out of control, but I picked a good one um, because you were the guest today. And somebody asked me online what the best program out there was to increase their one rep max on the big three lifts. Wow. You it's kind take, of a loaded question. I you think, can take but. that a thousand different directions. I'll let I'll let coach answer that one. The best program to increase your one rep max on the bench squat and deadlift. Yeah, and I think where he was going with that was like a pre-generated program. You I know, got like one. Brandon Lilly's Cube or something like that. I think that's where he was going with that. But. Oh. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, the 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 five three one principle is is a pretty strong mainstay as to what's going on. But it, it, here's my deal: is everybody says conjugate and or you should do this or we do West Side. Nobody really knows what they're talking about as far as what you mean by con. Like, how about you do this? How about you keep putting more bar weight on the bar every week until it go up and then back off and then do some more reps and then uh, start over and then do it again. But I think like conjugate makes sense of, Oh, we don't want to like for, for the 37 year old that's pretty much peaked and has trained with Louie for the last five years. Like that guy needs to undulate, right. For the guy, like, for the guy you know, like with our guys, we just go linear for eight weeks straight. And then we take a little, a few days off and then we go linear again because your body can handle it and we just keep getting stronger. I think we'd like, we love to show people how smart we are by how we program. And to me, that's the easiest low hanging fruit there is. The hardest (laughs) thing to do is to do it as consistent as you need to do it and make sure the rest of your lifestyle is lining up with it. But I'm the wrong guy to ask as far as who's my favorite, like, bottled up package program because I've never done the same program twice with anybody that I've trained or done it myself. It's just, it's what needs to be done here and now with what's going on in your life. I made this a really complicated answer to start things off. I'm sorry, but that's the way I got to say it to say it honestly. So I, I think I agree. I think you, we threw out, yeah, the cube method or the five, three, one, there you go. Two basic can't screw them yeah. up. Takes takes you four to eight weeks to run through one of those and you'll be good yeah. go. you'll be good to go well there you go you got the question answered by two strength coaches so all right <laughs> our, our, our guest today on the show is uh coach day um strength coach for south carolina football we um last weekend attended summer strong soren x's yearly event it's pretty cool because we had a year off due to the crazy year of 2020 but Coach, man, I asked you to be on the show today because by far, hands down, you were my favorite speaker at that whole entire event. I was kind of out of it a little bit. I hadn't had enough morning coffee, and the minute you took that microphone, man, I was like, hello, I'm awake now. Like, what the hell just happened to me? (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. This is really cool. I love what you guys are doing uh, from your business, from your model, from the the services you guys provide. And then I'm, I'm, I'm new to uh, becoming aware of the Clean Truth podcast, but this is cool. I like I like good, clean truth. Sure. So I think, I mean, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I thought, you know, some of the things that you talked about at Summer Strong were two big ones that for whatever reason is new to business as I am being in 10 years, I still get asked this question a lot by people that'll just pick my brain on, on the th- small things that we've done. And that two of those were things that you kind of hammered home in that speech. So I was like, okay, well let's share this again if, if that's what you want to do. But and yeah. that, that was building culture and getting buy-in. And I think that mm-hmm. can translate into a bunch of different things that can translate into coaches it can translate into other business owners. It can translate into you name it, really. I mean, those two things, you know, using some of the principles that you talked about, I think that's interchangeable. It can work in a million different ways. Yeah, I, I get I get skittish about words that get thrown around a lot right now. And the culture and buy-in are, are two very, very uh, – in vogue phrases that people say, but um, let's make sure we're defining our terms and what we mean specifically to the situation we're talking to. Like, uh, you know, Chip Morton is is with me here and I worked for him with the Bengals. uh, And I love his definition of culture is it's the sum total of every interaction within this organization, right? That's your culture. It's not your your principles that you put on the wall or you got a graphic guy to wrap on one corner of the building or whatever. It's how people feel all day long. Every conversation within it's the conversations had after the boss or the CEO or the head coach or the department head walks out of the office and the stuff they talk about, that's actually the culture that's going on. It's the way you made your employees feel, you made your athletes feel, you made your assistants feel, your colleagues feel, uh, or the way you perceive what they're saying to you. Are you saying things so that you don't get yelled at? Are you answering questions out of fear? Are you, because that's the, the, the way you decide to conduct yourself specifically to your superior is most likely revealing the type of culture that's already evident in your place. Right. And then buy-in, I get skittish on that word because I'm not, we shouldn't be trying to sell each other something. Like belief, that's real. Like, do you believe what I'm saying or do you think I'm a liar and I'm full, I'm full of garbage? Uh, that's also a, a real thing, but like, let's, let's put that aside. Yes. We might be in a business or something that is selling a good or service or product that we want people to consume, but they're going to consume it because we're helping them solve a problem. Like let's start with, we're going to create a culture. Okay, let's use that word. And we're going to create belief because we're going to hold some self-evident truths first is you're here for a certain reason. And it's probably not just to be the best employee here. It has a lot to do with how much money you're going to make. It has a lot to do with what you want to get from this job or in my world, when you come here, guys who come here because they want to play in the NFL. It's not because they love the South Carolina Gamecocks. They don't come here 
because they have great pride in the garnet and black and this is their legacy. It's very rare that they came here because their dad played here or whatever. Any other school is the same thing. So for me to just bypass all of that, I get to I get to uh, expedite the process of you thinking I'm not full of crap to begin with. By just leveling <laughs> you and being so I'm just going to say, hey, you want this, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay, why do you want that? Well, because my mom, she grew up like this. And well, take me through some of that. Why was it just your mom? Well, dad left. And dad went to prison. All right. This happened to me. Man, that's not. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? I want to have some real threads to pull on while we're going through this thing. More than just saying, hey, here's what we believe in here at South Carolina football. You should believe it, too. And he's just going to say yes so that he doesn't have to have a harsher experience here where he gets yelled at. And people, you know, we're survival creatures and a big part of survival is uh, social belongingness. So we're going to say what we want each other to hear just so that we don't feel like an outcast. But that's just a charade that we're going through. So let's dig deeper than that on the very front end. To it. What do you want and how can I come alongside you with it? The way we see it, our role as strength coaches is the, the old proverb, the man's heart or man's purpose. What, what we want, it's really hard to decipher, right? Like you don't know how many times you said that to your wife. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want me to say right now. Like we say that. Our wives, our wife, my wife says it to me, we're created creatures that were so wrapped up in, in hurt, in pain, in dreams, in setbacks, in previous scars, and previous things that humiliated us, and failures, and all of that's wrapped up in our everyday actions. And so that, that verse, you know, Solomon talking about of just man's purpose is deep water where it's, it's hard to get down in there and understand what's going on. So an insightful man draws that out. We see ourselves as coaches. Our purpose is to draw out the deep water of purpose in your heart. You know, you want to go to the NFL. When I ask you why you can't tell me why, right? Other than because they pay a lot of money and there's a lot of notoriety with that. And then we ask guys, Hey, scale one to 10. This seems like a low fruit question. Scale one to 10. How much do you love football? They don't all answer 10 that's not an uh you know six so he's not really playing football because he loves helmets and shoulder pads and third down conversions and like schemes and you know a lot of us are coaching football because we fell in love with the game he loves football because the way football makes him feel right because it pours into him in such a specific frequency that he receives it in a way that he what i mean by that is we give our guys Love language test, uh, which is a it's the old marriage counseling, John, you know, focus on the family type stuff, like five love languages, affirmation, um, you know, wor words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, acts of service, quality time. And overwhelmingly at the multiple stops that I've been, it's, it's always affirmation and quality time. Right. It's the stuff that you either did get and you're trying to replicate or you never received from your father. Right. Or your parent or whoever was in your life. Uh, so when you get a kid that you can't get him to wake up and he won't go across campus to math class, even when you send the GA to go pick him up and drop him off and help him sit next to him in class. And he still won't do it. And we can't understand why. And all the academic advisors hate the kid. But then you roll out a football, <laughs> kill you for for it. 
it's because every time he does something right, if he's an affirmation kid, they announce his name on a loudspeaker and everybody goes wild, right? He is neurologically addicted to doing the right thing on the football field because it makes him feel loved, right? So how do we do that? Like when we say a guy's a piece of crap, or a bad employee, or he's only in it for the paycheck, or he's not all in on our vision, or something like. Well, let's 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 ask ourselves some hard truths too. Like, are we making this guy feel like he is essential to this operation, or does he feel like we're getting everything we can out of him, and he needs to do the same? And there's a lot of reasons why we can do why we do that, and 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 why we don't have empathy for each other. We could talk about that for 19 hours too, but that's a really long answer for the first question I gave you. Uh, but that that's the kind of that's that's what we're searching. That's what we're after right now. Uh, I agree. I'm, I'm speechless. Um, so you mentioned something in, in that response. And I, I got a little note here. You know, you said that uh, it's it's hard to just put out core values on something and put them on the wall and get everybody to say, you know, these are our five core values. This is what we're going to believe here. So how do you go about doing that? And I, I remember one thing that you said in, in the in the speech last weekend, and you kind of made a joke about it. You know, you can give your guys a um, – I forgot the analogy that you used, but you could give them a, a candy bar or something on their way out, and they're like, thanks, coach, and it goes right in a trash can. Like they didn't even – Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwich I think is what you use. So. <laughs> Is, is those two things kind of correlating? And then the second part is, you know, for a business starting out, a young business, how do they get that going? Like, if they can sit around and think of five core values that mean a lot to them, most of them are kind of like, I agree with you, they're going to be phony bullshit that they're going to come up with in their head that they think they believe in. Where, yeah. would, they, where would they start? I think you start with your non-negotiables of like, this is – this is why I'm doing this. Like, this is what, what, why this endeavor lights me up. And then ask the people in the room if, if they share in that with you and they might not. And, you know, the unique situation you have about starting a new business is you get to completely choose the people you're surrounding yourself with. So if it's, if it's not the right group, Hey, I love you. Uh, maybe I don't love you, but this doesn't seem like this is a good fit for the two of us. In our world, you know, we, we got dropped in here and everybody was already here. These kids didn't pick us as coaches. There was a coaching change because stuff happens and people get fired in this business. And so they didn't pick us. We didn't pick them. So that's a, that's kind of a more complicated wrinkle. But what we have to do is come to these core values are the vehicles to get what you want and what we want and what we're going to have to do to do it. Right. That, that to me is that instead of just saying, well, this sounds cool. Or I heard Jocko Willink say this, so let's do that. Right. Like just what is it that's going to make, all right, I want, and, and, and be as shallow as you can. Is if it's about I want to make as much money as I possibly can, then put that core value on the wall. Yeah. Don't call it that it's not. And if it's we're going to make a big impact with people with in low income housing, then all right, then you're going to have to sacrifice the the value of making the most money because you can't do both, right? And we don't have and we can't process and live out a a, a whole laundry list 
of value. So keep it simple. And get, so that's why we, we circled around this above all else. Like, yes, you can't win football games if you're not disciplined, if you're not tough, if you're not physical, if you're not accountable, if you're not. But above all else, none of that matters and none of that's real and none of that's going to be authentic if we don't love each other. So our whole thing was above all else, love your brother, because if you love him, you'll be accountable to him. You'll do the things that you have to do that doesn't hurt him. You'll tr- you'll give the best effort as hard. You'll work as hard as you possibly can for him. You'll fight for him. You'll be physical for him. You'll you, you'll do all of the things that everybody's got painted on their weight room walls because I love you. And if you're doing it out of fear, it's going to happen as long as it serves you. The reason they were throwing those peanut butter and jellies away is they weren't active service guys. Now, as people that were trying to stretch ourselves and grow, it shouldn't just be, oh, you didn't love me in the specific way that I'm loved. And you just turn them off the rest of the way. We should also be moving towards trying to reciprocate and understand that, hey, this was this guy's attempt to care for me. It's not the way that works for me the best. But he's trying. And that being intent is a huge thing. And I've said that Bert Soren quote before. I'd rather you, uh, you know, accidentally punch me in the face than intentionally swing and miss, because those are two different events that took place. So intentionality, even if we even if we miss, I'm attempting to love you, which above all else, the reason we stole that is from a, it's from a, a, a verse in, in Peter in first Peter that's above all else love each other deeply because it covers a multitude of sins. Sin is just missing. We missed the mark. So even if you didn't do it right or it was a backhanded compliment or or I, I was what I was trying to say in front of everybody in the company, which was to be I was it was really a positive, but I kind of took a shot at you and everybody laughs and now you're well, hey man, I didn't mean it like that. And in love, I go to him and I'm sorry and I apologize. Now, there's a lot of things that just took place. You've got a culture where it's okay, it's 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 fearless to go in and say you were wrong, even if you're in charge. Uh, you you've in, you've expressed your intent. You've made right wrong things right, and then you've you've created relationships that are deeper than more just surface level board meetings and, and things like that. There's a lot of really rich experience going on right there. Uh, so that's that that that's what I would say is use use your core values as this is how we have to get there. I wish we could all just do whatever we want, show up whenever you want, sleep in if you need to, stay out all night, go drinking, go out to eat, whatever, get in when you can. But we can't do what we said we want if we do that. Right. So anything that comes in opposition of what we want, and these are the things that we have to do to get what we want, then these are our values. And so that's that's what I that that should be where those things come from. Don't just randomly throw things that sound cool on the back of a T-shirt. Have you found it hard to get guys to buy into using that word love? I mean, you got 19, 20, 21 year old guys like not all of them have heard that word, I guess, in their life. So what, uh, what has your experience been like with guys and using that word like love? Or do you feel like everybody needs that deep down inside? And you just have to pull it out of some a little bit more than others. No, I think it gets thrown around way too much. I think they're saying it nonstop, but they're not putting any meaning behind it. You know what I mean? Love you, bro. Love you, fam. Love you. You know, all that kind of, Hey, it's all love or no, it's not. That was attention. Right. You know, what I mean? every person that retweets you or, or hearts your post doesn't love you and every girl that blinked at you or you know flashed their eyelashes at you or whatever she don't love you either 
right? Everybody that told you the truth doesn't hate you. Everybody that was hard on you doesn't hate you. Really what it means is if you do anything, their definition of love that I've encountered in young men is it's, if you do everything I like, you love me. And if you do anything that's, that's, that's confrontational with me, you hate me. Right. And so that's what we're digging through. It's not the use of love. It's the misinterpretation of what love is and is not. That's what we're constantly fighting through. Now, as coaches, I think we manipulate that as well. We say, don't you understand? I'm just trying to love you. It's like, no, you're not. You're being a dick. Like, you know, you're saying it's love so yeah. you can behave the way you want. Right. Yeah, I've seen an old meme where it's like, don't mistake passion for uh, hatred or something. And it's like, well, you could have said it a different way, but you don't have any self-restraint because nobody's ever asked you to have it. So you get to behave however you want because you're in charge and they pay you a lot of money. So there's, there's, we're, we're constantly being called to a higher level of ourselves. If we're actually going to live out what love is, I believe that's a great question. How challenging is it to go to a new place? Like, you know, when you first got there and you started over and you've got, I don't know how many guys are on a hundred guys there. hundred plus. Yeah. Trying to get them all on the same, on that same page to get them. I'm going to use that word that you didn't like the buy-in, you know, to get them to understand what you are trying it, to. Uh, it's, it's. Um, and then new ones. I say that's probably the biggest challenge is to not get people to do what is the right thing or what you think the right thing is. It's to get them to agree that it is right. You know, and so I think the more open dialogue, vulnerability that you and and being as real as you possibly can is the guys. Here's where I'm coming from with this. And and here's why it's not because I just I love when everybody puts all their all their toes behind the white line because it's just aesthetically that's just the best. It's because if you don't. If you don't run that play that we called or you jump offside, then it doesn't matter how big and strong we got. So this is just a representation of that. We're paying attention to these things that can get us all blown up, right? It'll get, if we can't execute this and win football games or be successful on offense or defense or special teams, then I'll get fired. My kids have to go to a new school and they're tired of switching schools. Nobody will pay attention to you because we suck and you won't get any looks at the NFL and your biggest dream, hope, goals and aspirations will just go by the wayside and they'll move on to the next version of the strength coach, the head coach and the defensive back. So we all let's just have a conversation first that we all agree that we should keep our feet behind the line. Right. Because that's a much cleaner and and expedited way of getting the end result of everybody's feet behind the line instead of mother. I forget you because I've done both. Get your feet behind the line and we're going to do this. I'm going to kill you. If you don't do the right thing, you don't care about this. And it's just a bunch of nonsense instead of saying, hey, why do you think we should have our feet behind the line? Because then they'll tell you, well, it's because of this and this. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. Then why aren't you doing it? I don't know, man. I'm messing around. Okay, well, we need to move on from that. And, it, and so just a thousand microscopic moments like that. And then, okay, don't repeat it. If you and I have a problem, great, because now we're going to get to get to some real truth. But if we have the same problem over and over and over and over and over, something is wrong here. You either don't believe it, right, or I'm not communicating it correctly, 
right? Because I've heard plenty, you know, plenty of coaches like, coach, he just doesn't get it. And I'm like, well, you just don't teach it. Yeah. So it's it's a two-way problem here, right? He can't learn and you can't teach. We need two, we need a new everybody. We got a problem here. You know, so there's accountability. If everybody fails to get a new PR on the bench press, it's a me problem, right? If 99 people blow it out of the water and three guys don't, well, how you living? So there's a there's a two way street with that. Um, and really, I've been fortunate to be around some really hardcore coaches coming up to where it was w- way more of that responsibility was on you, the coach, than it was the player. He's a young man. He don't know. He doesn't know anything. Right. You know, better, and you're and you're and you are intentionally not doing everything you can to help that kid. Makes sense. What about new guys coming in? You know, like an an and another example I'll use is you know a new employee. You know, mm-hmm. if you own a company, I'll just use ours for an example. I mean, we're a pretty tight knit group around here. There's only eight of us. Yeah, you know, and we just hired a new girl, Rachel, and you know, we're very grateful. She's fantastic. You know, but I don't think she's been here long enough to understand the history. You know, we're working on it. She'll get there. She's she's there, but you know. If we brought in another operations guy, you know what I mean? Have you seen troubles with that, like with other players, player transfers or a player comes in from another team? Do you see it to where the existing guys kind of keep him in check or keep that person in check and kind of those issues kind of resolve themselves? Well, I think it's very important to constantly, constantly acknowledge what everybody could potentially be afraid of. Right. It's the new person is scared to death that they're the new person. Everybody that's been there is scared to death. The new person is there to replace them. Right. Or you don't understand what it was like before. And we fixed this and you don't get that and all that kind of stuff. And then you've created this like fragmented group of people to where there's the new. Now you've made two teams, new and old. Yeah. Right. Uh you know, previous staff players, new staff players. I've been, and it's it's all very poisonous to do that. So to constantly say, "Hey, uh, here's what we're working on right now. Here's some of the issues that we've really struggled with or had great success with in the past, and this is why you'll kind of see some of that happening. Here's why we brought you on board because we really like to see you help progress this in our organization. Um, instead, like." The worst thing that you can do, right? And I, I, I heard this quote. It's like the, the, the most, the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it took place, right? Is that everybody thinks that the, the guy that's supposed to be communicating expectations and here's what your role is and here's why we need you, here's your value is he thinks that you understand that and you have no idea so then you're like oh my gosh did i come to the right place and and then we do some really nasty stuff to each other when we're afraid right i've done it i'm every bad terrible thing i've ever said to somebody it's because i was afraid of what was going to happen to me so you get really defensive and you put your armor on you go to war with whoever's near you and that can happen when you insert two new people and the expectations aren't spelled out and clear and leadership there's lots of people making millions and millions of dollars of tweeting out how to be better leaders well, why are they in charge i always ask that right if we're all buying everybody's leadership books it's like you're at home thinking this up like what <laughs> charge of the country if you're the greatest leader influence in the world so 
I get, but if you are going to say leadership, leadership, should people, the people in, in, in a point, uh, an expectation of leadership is it's your job to say, here's why you're here. Here's why you're valuable and communicate at the same time to everybody that's already there. Guys, here's why they, we brought them along. They have value to add and you need to make them feel like they belong because we want them here. And here's the expectation as we invite you into our family like here's here's how we have decided we're going to conduct ourselves, and we are very very uh, serious about you conducting yourself the same way. But if you if if you expect all that to just happen organically, forget it because there'll be a hundred dead bodies laying on the floor. Luke, I got one for you, uh, and I know you've dealt with this yourself uh, in your career. You know, you see a lot of leaders say the advice like, "Hey, I got to hire people that are different." than me because like I'm not good at technology or I'm not good at you know public mm -hmm. speaking so I need somebody that's good at public speaking I need somebody that's good at technology and numbers and the other person's good at just lifting and moving it over to that pile like do you believe in that strategy when and or do you believe in the strategy of like I need people that are like-minded as I am like with with your leadership strategy and the way that you lead your organization and your team which way do you find yourself going towards the, where you need to find the different, you know, specialist with the same intention? Or do you find people that are like-minded as you? Because if you say, Hey, we're going to jump left, right, forward. They know they're like, yep, yep, exactly. That's exactly what we need to do. You're like, which, which way do you find yourself gravitating towards? Cause I think that that sometimes has a direct correlation to how your organization runs, you know? Mm. I, I lean towards at, at the at the bottom of at the root of all of this. Are you doing this for the for the same reason I am? And uh, and it, for us, it's because you're competitive. You know, in our world, you want to win, but you, you this is a very unique way to care for young men, right? Now. Does everybody need to think and act and, and believe the same way and want to lift, work out the same way and eat the same food? Like that's dangerous too. But um, in, in intent and why you're doing what you're doing is first and foremost. So I want the best human being that I can possibly find that even skill set isn't everything that I want in that thing that's really one of my weaknesses is I say, hey, this is this is a blind spot for me. I really need you to uh, pour into yourself and make yourself an expert in this area. But I'd rather have just I'd rather have five blank slates of like really just grounded, rooted human beings that are really invested and interested in human beings. And then let's learn some skill sets. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. like. We're, we're hiring people, not equipment. Correct. Right? What? Like, we get, okay, I need a, a bobcat, I need a backhoe, and a jackhammer, right? Those, well, these are people that are, if you're, if you're pouring into them and you're giving them some resources, they can learn anything. If it's, hey, I'm thinking about this spot really being in charge of this, or just what I did was I assembled the best people that I could find the best coaches with the best intentions and then observed their, their strengths and weaknesses and, and 
divided responsibilities based off of that. I didn't go seek out, I need a number cruncher. I need a sports science guy. I need a programming guy. I need a speed guy. I need it. Cause then you, you have really pigeonholed yourself to what's the best available speed guy with the highest character. Well, he's not that great of a guy, but he's the best. In the, in the, in the, <laughs> well, we've got a way bigger problem now, yeah. right? Cause I got five kill for you die for you people and i go hey man find out what you can about how we can do our tendo tracking better right i I want those people more than i want the specialist i think we got so specialized that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing and it doesn't matter how good the specialist is to begin with anyway so i think that, that that's where i go with it yeah that's exactly how we do it I mean, it's just, that's Yvonne and I's mindset when we go into something like that. I'd say we do a little bit of both, though. Um, oh. And the difference is, is the industry that we're in, right? So, exactly. like like you said, there's a lot of shit I don't know. So, I've always been humble enough to say, you know what, I don't know how to do that. But I'll be able to find somebody in a day that can do it and can show me how to do it and how, and teach us how to progress and move forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not one, like, challenge or, hey, can you guys handle this? I just say yes every time because if we don't know, we'll learn it. Yep. And if, if it doesn't, if it hasn't been done, we'll invent it. Like, <laughs> if we'll call around some people, hey, we did this. Was it, did it work? No, it was a total failure. Okay, don't do it like that. And then <laughs> do it like that. Okay, cool. Let's try to do that. But I don't think I want to do it because that doesn't fit with what we're doing here. We can, we can learn anything. We can, we can adapt and create. Like I want to surround myself with really creative, really, uh, you know, when I worked at Marshall for Doc Holiday, it was the you know, figure it out were the three biggest words in our program. It's like these kids aren't gaining weight because I'll figure it out. Okay. Well, it turned into the strength staff cooking dinner three nights a week. You know, it's like well, there is no like, well, that we'll have to do that. And that's too much. It's like, there is no too much. There is no like, and I would never, ever, ever compare what it is that we do with like the military. But I always like, it's, it's not strength and conditioning or it's just bars and sets and reps. It's, it's literally there's football operations. And then this is like football special operations where it's just like, what is it that needs done? I figured out strength staff, figure that out. Okay. Got it. You know, and it's just every day is a brand new challenge that you're trying to work through. And and really, the longer I'm in it, the less it has to do with what's going on inside that rack. Awesome. I want to take it a little lighter now to you mentioned your mentors earlier, and I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, you guys trained under the same two guys, right? Yeah, I've heard some I've heard some pretty funny stories that I can relate (laughs) to because I was. I was a carpenter growing up. I was a carpenter for almost 15 years. Yeah. And the guy that trained me and mentored me had almost the same demeanor and kind of hammered me as a young kid. You know what I mean? It kind of molded me into what I am now. So a lot of the stories that he shared, I'm like, ah, I I can see that. I can. So you were were talking about your, uh, I think it was your muffin story, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, the blueberry muffin. Don's like, didn't you get the same story, but like the skinny version? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Like he told me I was anorexic. 
I was like, yeah, you can't say that. You can't say that to people anymore. <laughs> like, look at your body. Oh, look at, oh, oh my god. So yeah. I think I got the I think I got the weight gain, and Luke got the uh, weight loss. Clean it up. That's conversation. Right. There, nobody was perfect. No. Nobody like whatever you were in there. Even if you were big and strong, it's like oh, you're probably on the juice. Like it would just be well, like, if you were you were smoking, he was like all right, you know. But it was just he made you competitive with yourself and with what was going on there. But like. The reason why that worked and everybody doesn't just you can't meet somebody that doesn't love Ed, Ed Ellis. It's because even though he was really hard on us in that regard, like he loved you and he really cared for you and he helped you not like when he had the opportunity to help you. He he never shied away from that, No doubt. Um, whether it was to go to bat for you. So like, you know, and, and I worked for a couple Dave Lawson was like that. Dave Lawson, when I worked for him here in Cincinnati, was absolutely ruthless with me ruth like everything that like you're supposed to pull a guy aside and be like hey man that wasn't very good he did it just in front of the whole team like you know what i mean but then when you did it well he let everybody know in front of the whole team that you did it well so there was no high like you know, i hated that guy for a while and some of the those experiences i think are i, I almost am nervous for young guys coming up because they don't have the same it's almost too no. sterile environment. But you can say uh, that about every everything. Yeah. Now. Not necessarily just the strength conditioning profession. I mean, you can still say Agreed. that about the yeah, real world. Up like you need to get roughed up anymore. Uh, now we do it here. We're, we're 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 pretty whatever with guys, but they it's we'll come back around and be safe with them that kind of stuff. But it's like everybody's worried about getting sued or something. And and for some reason, some of that stuff, yeah, you can't say. That. It was insensitive and all those sorts of things. But just like it, I think in a reaction to not being insensitive or saying something that, that is harmful to a group of people, we stopped being real with each other, too. Exactly. And you got to learn how to, to delineate and, and separate the two and still be real with guys. You know, like Chip's the, the – the kindest demeanored guy you'll ever be around, but he's really hard on our interns as far as like, Hey, you know, this, this paper you handed me sucks. It sucks. There's nothing on. I don't understand what you're saying. You're just talking too vague. You don't define your terms. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Everybody glazed up. Like he'll just, he'll tear you apart. But the next time you come up and stand up in front of the group, man, you, you're a lot better, a lot faster than if everybody would have just been trying to be nice to you the whole time is like, Oh, you know, it wasn't bad. It's like, nobody wants to just be like, dude, you suck right now. I'm not saying you're awful as a person and you're the one, but like that was terrible. And here's how you need to get better. That information is invaluable. And if you love somebody, then you should tell them those things. That's what you should do. But uh, it's, it's almost, it's, it's fewer and farther between those real interactions. So I'm very, very fortunate. And so were you Ben, to have some real mentors that they will keep it. 100 with you I all don't. the time i had the same yeah. thing the in the the we always say and joke like the cold hard truth is yeah. becoming few and far between anymore like you don't see it too often anymore people are too afraid of other people's feelings yeah. they don't want to hurt their feelings they don't want to but if you just like well, you I said if you're just truthful with them yeah you're no. right i think and i think what has to have what i'm learning is it doesn't have to be cold and hard sure it can be good and hard and 
and war. <laughs> like that, I've learned to do. I'm learning to do that. It's truth is truth. Hey, you are not where you need to be. You are overweight. You are underweight. You are not working hard. You are faking this. You are whatever the whatever the truth that is hard to navigate through is. But how we deliver it is that frequency that we were talking about earlier to where if it if the truth can't be received, then it might as well be a lie because it doesn't matter. Right. So but the answer is to not sidestep truth altogether. Right. Well, you can't say that because that's your that's just a cold, hard truth. And people can't hear that anymore. It's like, no, they have to hear it. If we care about them at all, they have to hear it. But we're going to have to, you know, Chip tells me all the time, season your speech because I get frustrated and I and I. I, I make it a little too harsh. It's got a, it's a, it's like a raw piece of meat, right? But if we put enough seasoning on it and we prepare it the right way, it goes down a lot easier. So that's what I'm learning how to do in my, in my old age. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one thing that I know you have to battle every day with like our franchisees is like, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Because yeah. you are a very, very kind individual and leader and I think sometimes people try to take advantage of that. And that's when you're like, you know what? You're taking advantage of my kindness as a leader. Like, and that people try to push that envelope all the time. I think like in our business and everything that we do on a daily basis. Like, yeah, it's a throttle. Yeah. I mean, it's never easy. There's times where I want to like hammer down and lop their head off for stuff that they do like that. But, you know, you can't do that. That severs trust and and everything else so exactly yeah sometimes i do stuff like that and i don't even realize what i'm doing and then the situation will get resolved and i'm like i'll, I'll go back to my office and i'm like i gotta think about how i just conducted myself and i'm like that actually that worked you know what i mean like, like yeah. i don't sometimes i just do it and i don't even intend to do it i just yeah. i don't know yeah well i i i think the neck like the master's class or phd of like leading people and loving people is coming to terms with how much you'll be missed. Someone's going to misunderstand you and you got to just be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Right. If you mistake, if someone mistakes your kindness for weakness, that doesn't change anything about you other than they think you're weak. And if you detach yourself from that person's opinion, then it really doesn't matter what they think. You're still just being kind. Right. So I think like, because someone thinks you're weak is not, a, is not a new passport that you have to now be hateful to somebody, right? Sure. But but there is a, okay, this is now you slid over into now you're taking advantage or you're manipulating me and you're not going to do that either, right? So I will flex on you and show you my strength there, but in a wholesome way, I'm not, because you call, because I, I perceive you as you thinking I'm weak and you're trying to dominate me and then now I'm going to bite you. I don't know if that's right either. I think, and if you, if you make your business to, you know, sometimes you, the, the really good kid on, on our football team will get frustrated with how we're dealing with the so-called culture problem on our team, because it doesn't look like a thump in the head. Right. And then say, why can't you be more like the good guy? And then we put our arm around him and he's like, yeah, see, like we're we got a real heavy heart for the prodigal sons and our program to where like 
we to where sometimes I got to realize, okay, I'm not paying enough attention right now to the good guy. Like I got to, I got to, I got to affirm him just as much because it was really hard for him to put that out there as well. So, but what I'm saying is, but I can't, I can't govern the way I treat the guy that's an issue based off of how the guy that's not an issue thinks I'm handling it. Like it's not, you know, and I got guys on my own staff. Well, you shouldn't be doing it like that. And I got, that's not your problem. If you got an issue with that, then you go deal with yourself as to why sure. you think it'd be harder on him. You've got some issues and some stuff you need to work through. I'm doing what I'm doing, and if you don't like it, that's that's okay. We can go out and have something to eat and talk it over, but I'm not going to change what I know is effective, what I know to be right with this kid because you think it's weakness. And I'm learning how to do that because I used to be like, well, screw you. I'm not like that. Watch this. And then I over it, and it's and it's too much. It, um it's 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 a rich, never-ending process that's really fascinating if you're online and conscious of all the different things taking place moment to moment. Well, I think the to add to that, it's not a one size fits all either. And never you, you made a comment earlier and I was I was kind of nodding to myself in my head about people selling leadership books and all of this stuff, and that's like the new craze now is everybody wants to they want motivation and they want to go to these gurus and they want to sign up for this program and buy this book and have these steps. And I, I, you know, I don't remember we had a, we had a meeting here not too long ago. I think it was one of our, our monthly book club meetings. And, you know, we, we had gotten to a point there where like five months in a row, it was a personal development book that we were reading. And I had spoke up and said something. I can't remember my words verbatim, but it was kind of like, I'm kind of over all this crap, man. It's, it's regurgitated crap. It's, it's a one size fits all. These guys are selling you this stuff that do you, do they really believe it themselves? I don't know. And I think that's the challenge with me and the role that I sit in, in this organization is I'm dealing with a hundred different adult personalities and one style of leadership does not work with all of them. And you've got to kind of juke and jive. You're not always going to get it right. You're going to fuck one up and you're going to take the different approach to one of them and you're going to offend them. And then, it's just, it's right. kind of a revolving circle. It is. And, and I would say that the reason those books are so popular, it's because it's like a, it's like a hit song on pop country radio. Like we know what works. Like if you talk about your truck. Take it easy, got- Luke. Yeah, ben is a I good, know, pop, he's, a, this he's is a already pop going. country. <laughs> Freaking know where this is going. <laughs> the rhinestone well, cowboy is going to get upset. We're going to talk about the same things over and over because we know people. It, it doesn't. It, whatever it makes it work. But what I think what's going on with these leadership things is it's you. We want the personal accountability of hey, you're going to have to learn this, and it's you're going to mess it up. Like we we want the cheat code. We want the the algorithm to human interaction and it's not it's human you you learn how to do it by trial and error and usage and experience and failure and like i said if that guy had it hacked then he'd be the president of the united states (laughs) but he's not he's selling him lives in fort lauderdale so i you know i i get very skittish around those types of guys i mean some of it's great and i don't want to dismiss it all but like to think that you corner market figured it out how to interact with all human beings. Come on, man. Like get, give me a break. There's a lot of that. Well, coach, thank you for your time, man. This was awesome. Good juice. Hey, I appreciate it. You guys are doing awesome stuff. You've got a, a really cool thing. It's taken off. 
Um, ben, it's great talking to you, brother. You too. And Maybe we can get Don to be a Gamecock fan. I mean, he doesn't really have a college football team. So I don't have any ties to any football team. I got to ask. Hey, you guys come down. You need to hang out. Columbia is awesome. We'll go out on uh, Lake Murray and, and go catch some striper. We'll have a great time. I got an App State football helmet behind the monitor That's that true. you're on, but I, the only let me let me let me preface. Okay, he needs a Power Five team, Luke, so he can have both. He can have both. He can have a Power Five <laughs> hey, team, and then he can have App. Brad Belanik is the head strength coach for App State, and we worked together at Marshall and at USF, and and he replaced me at Marshall, and then left Marshall to go to App State, and I came back and took over again for him. So I got a lot of history. A guy that worked for both of us as the assistant strength coach at App. So last year we played each other. When I was at Marshall, we played App, and uh, so one and zero, Bart, get you some. But uh, they I, they play Marshall. I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm I'm torn, but I'm gonna pull for the Mountaineers this year for Big Bart. So. Our uh, our franchise partner out of Boone, the great, awesome oh. family. His uh, his dad's an App State football legend. So oh, they gotcha. they introduced us to that whole you know. Yeah, team and, a, and the ambiance there and the, the energy there sure. is unbelievable. It is. It is. So. Yo, guys, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. No, appreciate thank you. Luke. All right, guys, till next time.